Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. So, Craig Kimbrough made his uh, White Sox debut yesterday. Looks good in the uh, black White Sox uniform. He does. The black White Sox top he looks does, really good. He, he, got, he came in and got the job done. We didn't get it done on the offense. No. No, he he pitched pitched well, struck out one through thirteen pitches, and uh, so the odds are maybe he doesn't go today. Liam Hendricks did not pitch yesterday. Um, it was Keuchel going five and a third, really struggling, giving up what was I think three homers. I think he gave up. And um, let's see, yeah, he gives up a homer to Austin Hedges, a guy I mentioned yesterday, uh, who's a really good defensive catcher, but he can't hit. And as soon as I say well, that, the he catchers hits a home are run. hitting yesterday. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hedges hits a home run. He went two for four. And Zavala went four for four. Yeah, the well, catchers want to combine six for eight. What the hell? Two four guys you runs. can't hit. Yeah. And uh, so it was, a, it was a strange night at Guaranteed Rate Field. Sox and Indians wrap up their series this afternoon. A 110 first pitch. Let's get back to the phones. 312-332-3776. We go to the South Holland and Daryl. Daryl, what's going on today? Hey, Daryl. Hey, hey, how you guys? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, real, real quick, um... I'm a Chicago sports fan, so I'm a fan of both the Cubs and the Sox. The very minority group of people out here. So the, the trade, the trade deadline was bittersweet for me. You know, I hate that. I, I love that the Sox got better with Kimbrel and Hernandez, but I hate that the Cubs had to retool so fast. So I'm hoping for the retooling time for the Cubs that, you know, the 19 year old outfielder they got, he turns out to be pretty good. And I'm hoping the kid from Mount Carmel gets a chance to come up within about a year or two. That'd be nice. Pretty good. Eddie Howard, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that both of those guys come up and, and then they start to retool him back real quick and the Cubs are competitive. I said this in 2015. I said I wanted October baseball to be meaningful in Chicago for the next 15 years. And I got about six years of it so far. So I'm hoping the White Sox can uh, hold up their end of my bet. And, um, you know, looking forward to it. And then I just got one other question. Maybe you guys can ponder this a little bit off the air. Yeah. Is um, when, when Luis Roberts comes back for the White Sox, who are they going to keep? Are they going to let Goodwin go or Billy Hamilton go? Because you got to keep Gavin Sheets and, and Vaughn you got to keep. And maybe Danny Mendick can go now that we got the second baseman. But well, Mendick, yeah, yeah they Mendick just down already. Yeah, they sent Mendick down the other day. Daryl, appreciate the call. And that's it's a good question. I think it's a good one. You know, Tony I likes, I, Tony likes uh, Billy's speed. Hey, he likes his late, speed. He likes his inning. defensive replacement. Right. And also, this just in, um, Billy Hamilton placed on the injured list. Oh, well, so. that's convenient. What, he will be... Kick him on the way out of a clubhouse or something? We'll give you a reason. Jimmy Lambert, yeah, because they're they're not sure who was going to pitch today. So there's a good chance because their pitcher, I just double-checked, Ronaldo Lopez is a guy a lot of people thought was going to go. But since Jimmy Lambert is is called up to replace Billy Hamilton, yeah. he may be your starting pitcher for today. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we find out. The Sunday lineup. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, if it's me making out the lineup, Yohan Moncada is not in it today. Rest him. I'm Absolutely. resting him today, and he gets tomorrow off. And say, and I'm going to sit down and say, hey, Yohan, you got the Royals coming in town Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I want to see you have a monster 
three-game series. Mm-hmm. I want you to step up. I want you to carry the team. Put some responsibilities on him. Let's see what he can do because he has not been the guy that we've expected. He doesn't seem to be into it. He doesn't. Are we I mean, able to really measure that? I mean, we've seen hard. him lollygag to first yeah. base at times. For me, way too much, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, once is too much. Yeah, it is. And um, he hit another ball yesterday. He seemed like he was hustling for three quarters of the way down to first and then just kind of kicked it oh, into, yeah. let's take it easy. Let's not let's not rush anything and hurt myself like Luis Robert or Nick Madrigal got hurt. And I'd love to ask Tony La Russa or some of the guys and say, have you seen guys take, the, take it easier going to first base since the injuries? Because of what? Now, they might not admit it, but I'd like to ask the question, you know. Yeah. They may he may say they work hard, they run hard, this okay, whatever. Let's go to the south side and Patrick, you're on ESPN one thousand. Hey Patrick. Patrick, what's up? Oh, okay, this is my thing. Okay. I don't like un, uh Goodman. Goodwin in outfield, okay. He cost him yesterday. Yep. Yeah, he did. Sure uh, did. And, and, and it was a fly ball you could actually test it and it was high in there, you could you could judge the wall, feel the wall and everything. And then he cost him two runs, and then the other uh, when Makati hit that ball, so that guy robbed, robbed him, got caught up to run. So that's like a two big, two four point swing, isn't it? Yep, yep. There's no I doubt. Mean, was, I mean, I don't like this guy. He makes all the bad moves, and, uh, and and he seems like he's always coming up with people on base, and he never he never comes through. To he is. You're right. He does come up with guys on base all the time. And all he never, the time. And he never gets a hit. It maybe once. Yeah. About five tries. Look, I, I I really think that he's he's brought more than he's hurt us for but the most part. Yesterday yeah. was really a turning point for me because that happened right in front of us. We saw that he had that ball in his mitt, and that did cause that was the difference right there. Yeah, the you know what? And Patrick appreciate the call. Yeah. He really didn't have to jump. No, he didn't. He and could I have think stood. That that's what he could have stood there and caught the it, ball. It was almost if you overanalyze it. If he jumped, you know, because he jumped, it hit Love's his heel. Up. Yeah, hit the heel. He hit of the, the heel, club. and he didn't have to jump. Uh huh. Yeah, he could have just stood there, and he got that. He got back to the wall. He played it right. Got mm-hmm. back to the wall. Turned around, but you know, again, ball, wall, ball, and that's um, that's what uh, Jimmy Pearsall used to always say. See the ball. Make sure you know where the wall is. Find the ball again, and uh, it would have been nice if he would have found the ball. In his glove. I mean, it did hit it. Hit his glove right there, smack dab in the middle, and he was unable to hold on to it. So that was that was a tough, that was real tough because it, it was two runs. There were two outs. It was a tie score 6-6. Two runs scoring that is 8-6. Sox lose 12-11. They did battle back. I love the way Adam Engel's hitting. I mean, for you, for watching White Sox games, yeah, he may, you know, he's a big man. We heard that all the time. He's hitting 267. I said, if you can hit more than 250, and play the uh, defensive outfield you can that, play. That we know yeah. that he can play. So when Luis Robert comes back, you'll have Vaughn, Robert, uh, Engel. You 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 got rid of Adam Eaton. You got Billy Hamilton as a late inning replacement. Right. Goodwin's, Goodwin's DFA. You got to do something. You you can't keep him. You know. Thanks for helping. If we thanks win a World Series, service. if we win World Series, you'll get a ring. Right. You know, but you, we there's no room at the end. No, I mean uh, DFA him and then see if he, you know, if nobody picks him up, you can send him down to the minors or whatever. But um, yeah, and Vaughn, Vaughn has been jacked around all over the place. He's not hit this week, and I think that could be one of the reasons. He's I did in not right like field him one at day. second base. That was I know that, he's in right field. He's why, in second base. He's not Chris Bryant. Why could they not? The defense have put has him struggled in. with him a little. Yeah, bit this right. Week. He, I, I didn't see it. But someone said there was a ground ball or a ball that went into the outfield. He bobbled yep. it yesterday. Yep. 
Okay, I missed that. I don't know how I missed it. I was I was watching the whole game. Yeah, one of the uh, Indians got an extra base on right. the bobble. Yeah. yeah. So and that that you know that look that happens, but it's just because he had that issue in right field. Yeah. And then he was at second base. I don't know why he was at second. Why couldn't they have put him at third? Yeah, I don't He's know. He's a first baseman. Right. Put him at third. There's a lot more, a lot more to do at second base than there is, uh, Absolutely. you know, at third base. Third base, you just got to have some really, really good reaction times and uh, see what happens. But Now, he didn't cost the, uh, us the game at second. No. Well, I, I, I don't think, think he even got a lot of action. He had a game. couple of pop-ups, I right, think. Right, right. A couple of pop-ups that... Um, but you're right. That's got to mess with you a little bit if you're moved around unless you're used to that. Yeah. And, he didn't uh, come here being used to that. No. Uh, and, play, again, going and playing an outfield position is not that difficult. Playing right field, believe it or not, play, well, I guess you would believe it. Playing right field is a lot more difficult to play in left. The ball doesn't swing. It doesn't fishtail. Or it doesn't go different ways when you're playing... Left field. Every once in a while, a right-handed hit. I mean, a left-handed hitter might slice one mm-hmm. to left center. It might be a little more difficult. But playing right field, you got a lot more right-handed hitters. The ball curves a little bit more, and uh, it's a little bit tougher field to play. Chris Bryant, when they asked him, um, it was in the All Star game, right? They asked him at the All Star game yeah. what his favorite his, and he said, "I love center field. Center field, you're right in the middle. You can go either way. He likes playing there. It'd be interesting. Center field at um, Giants." Park is not, I can't remember the name, they've changed it like five times. I think they're what, on Oracle now, right? It may have changed at and before. Yeah, now it's it, could, it could be Oracle, you're right. But playing center field there is miserable. That that center field, that corner, it's so deep. I remember uh, Hayward made a great catch um, running back there in a game a couple, a year or so ago. So we'll see where Chris Bryant plays later on today. Those lineups will come up uh, a little bit later on. We'll let you know who's going to pitch for the White Sox since Jimmy Lambert gets called up. Um, t- 10-day uh, IL, I guess, right? Injured list for um, Billy Hamilton. Yeah, strained oblique. Strained oblique. Okay, so they didn't kick him. They Was just he gotta... cheering too hard on the bench? He could. He, he does get up there and he cheers does. a lot. Yeah, And he, there'll be a lot of people cheering uh, at the 16th Fantasy Football Championship because it's presented by Miller Lite, 115 Bourbon Street, coming up Saturday, August 21st. Today's August 1st, just 20 days away, and uh, 16th. One, it's a, it's a lot of fun. We have a great time. And this year, the top fantasy player wins a brand-new Janus motorcycle. Special guest, uh, ESPN fantasy expert, Field Yates. You'll get uh, Mike North and Carmen DeFalco, the guys from the Odds Couple, giving you a gambling device. Gambling device. They may give you a gambling device. You never know. You never know what North will give you. Uh, gambling advice. Also, a live fantasy football draft coming up that day. A Bears preseason viewing party. That's right. The Bears are in camp. They get today off, actually. No practice today. They got pads on Tuesday. But you'll have a, a Bears preseason viewing party. Tickets on sale now. $20 at ESPN Chicago FFC. Dot com. The ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football Convention starting at 8 o'clock on August 21st. Live music from The Noise. Uh, all of it sponsored by PropSwap, Hooters, Bettenhausen Automotive, and Janus Motorcycles, along with 3Chi. That's coming up again. Uh, $20 a ticket, ESPNChicagoFFC.com. Always a good time. Uh, Jeff Meller, the, our fantasy football expert here on ESPN 1000, will be there. All the guys will be there. It'll be a fun day. Yeah, that's a great Bourbon place. Yeah. Great place to have fun. Tremendous place. You can't Good beat company. it. We come back. If you're a Cub fan, you want to be listening. Heck, you want to be listening all the time anyway. But if you're a Cub fan. Who are we kidding? Yeah. Who are the Cubs getting 
in all these trades for Bryant and Rizzo and Baez. Well, Jim Callis, senior writer from MLB Pipeline, uh, MLB.com, he'll let us know uh, what the Cubs have coming their way. We come back. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. When the baseball season's going on, I've got MLB um, extra innings package and watching all the baseball games and stuff like that. And it's hard to do that, just watching all the games. It's our a next, lot to take in. Yeah, our next guest watches games that you can't find on TV. You got to go find out. You got to make calls. You got to talk to scouts. You got to go into the. You got to dig the, deep. Oh, yeah, dig real deep. And uh, that's the perfect guy to get on to talk about what the Cubs got because some of these guys, um, we'll see if we hear from them and hear maybe how soon. We'll hear from some of these guys. Jim Callis from uh, MLB Pipeline, MLB.com joins us. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Fred. How are you doing? Hey, doing Jim. well. Yep. We're having a we're having fun looking at there was a there's a lot of guys that we've never heard of uh, <laughs> that are coming coming to the Cubs after you move a, a, a Brian Tobias, um, a Rizzo, and everybody else, even all the way back to Chafin and to Para and Marisnik. And uh, you look at all these guys, and we'll talk to you about a few of them. But who's the one guy that the Cub fans might see first uh, coming to the big leagues? Well, not counting the guys in the White Sox trade who are already right. big leaguers. I think it might be Caleb Killian, who, who was part of the Chris Bryant trade and probably wasn't really well-known in Chicago circles, I'm going to say, before that trade. Right. I think you can make a case. I mean, the Cubs have had a number of their better pitching prospects this year, haven't even pitched this year because of injuries. I think you can make a case that Caleb Killian is their best healthy starting pitching prospect in the whole system. Hmm. Interesting. And he, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the one the one name, and I guess that's because I'm a Sox fan, um, the one name that I heard, I knew right away was Bailey Horn because he was just a guy the White Sox took a couple years ago. He's 23rd on their prospect list, but he struggled a bit, hasn't he? I mean, a little bit. I mean, I think the difference is, you know, Killian's a year older than, than Horn. He's already having success in double-A. I mean, it, Killian was a guy who was an eighth-round pick out of Texas Tech a couple years ago. And he had a good arm. He had kind of an up-and-down career there. And he's just been lights out. He didn't give up a run in his 16-inning pro debut. And then this year, he's already pitched his way to double-A. Hmm. He's got like a 96-to-9 strikeout-to-walk ratio. He, he used the pandemic downtime to get stronger, so his fastball's up to 98. His slider's firmer. He's throwing a ton of strikes. And then Horn, I think Horn, <clears throat> my guess is he's more of a reliever in, in the long run, Fred. Okay. He's um he's thrown a little bit harder this year too. He's he's touched ninety eight. He's kind of ninety two, ninety six. He's got a good slider. You know, I think that's the difference for me between those two guys is that Killian's had success at higher levels. He's a year older than Horn, um, but I think Horn probably winds up being a reliever. But but I do think you know, Horn is another good one to mention. I do think that if Killian's maybe the fastest guy to get there, Horn might be the the second fastest. Well, Greg Dykeman, I, I, I we should have mentioned him too. Right who came over in the uh, Chafin trade, he's already in AAA. So we actually may see – I'd forgotten about Dykeman because that trade happened like a week ago or, yeah, or four days ago. And it seems like that was last month. But <laughs> right. like, Dykeman's in AAA. I would suspect we'll see him, if not in August, then in September. He, he's got a pretty interesting bat. So uh, with the Javi trade, uh, Javi and Trevor Williams go to the Mets for outfielder Pete Crow Armstrong. He's a uh, number five pick, right? Yep. So, what? Do, how did that trade turn out for the Cubs? 
Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, well, he and he was—I mean, he was the number nineteen overall pick. I guess okay. I should say, but he was first-round pick in last year's draft. Super interesting guy. You know, it's funny because he's—he's in some ways kind of similar to to Madrigal. I mean, he's a center fielder, and Madrigal's a second baseman, but they're both like known for their bat-to-ball skills. You know, Madrigal's kind of in the class by himself, but but Pete Crow was Armstrong was one of the better hitters in last year's high school class. You know, there's questions: how much power is this guy going to have? Like they are with Madrigal. Um, they're both plus runners. They both have a chance to be outstanding defenders. You know, Pete Crow Armstrong might have been the best defensive outfielder in last year's draft. And it, it's funny that, that, that and I wouldn't call it a comp. I'll call it a parallel. The guy who he kind of reminds me of coming out of high school as a first-round pick is a, a faster left-handed version of Albert Almora. And I, I know when I say that, <laughs> Cubs fans may groan a little bit. Yeah. But Albert Almora, you know, he helped win a World Series. You know, he, he, he was a good player for a bit, and then he kind of leveled off. I, I do think that Pete Crow Armstrong has, has better strike zone discipline than Almora, so I think he's going to be a better hitter. Um, and we just haven't seen that much of him this year because he, he got off to a good start. You know, he played six games this year, and then he hurt his non-throwing shoulder, uh, on a slide, and he and he had surgery, so he so he hasn't played. But it's uh, pretty interesting to see a guy who was this highly regarded a year ago traded when he's he's barely played any professional games. And where where is he at in the outfield? In center field for sure. Okay. Like, like this guy, this guy's a potential Gold Glove center fielder, and, okay. and, he, and he's got a solid arm. So you theoretically, you know, it's not like he's one of these these center fielders and he and he can't throw. Like you could play him in right field. If you wanted to, but he, he's a legit, you know, run balls down the gaps, you know, center fielder. And he'll be in the uh, he'll be in the minors for uh, another year or two, couple. Yep. Yeah, I would think because I mean he's only 19 years old. You know, like I said, he's only played six games because you know, he didn't get to play right. last year because of the pandemic yep. after they drafted him. So my guess is. Well, I mean, he'll either be in low A or high to start next year. I mean, we're probably thinking. I mean, I would think end of twenty twenty three, probably at the earliest, with the with the time he's missed this year. We're talking with Jim Callis, senior writer for MLB Pipeline, uh, MLB dot com. I just went to uh, MLB dot com and looked up Pipeline. You guys break down like every deal that was made, um, which had to take you forever because there were it was <laughs> such it was such a crazy trade deadline. I mean, you probably anticipated it was going to be like this, but did it even surprise you this week? Yeah, it was. You know, it, it, we, we saw like top 100 type prospects get traded. We saw first round picks get traded. I, I, we were expecting deals, but maybe not the the quality of prospects traded. And it's funny because so we split up. There's three of us who who each take ten farm systems that we cover. So when, when they those they make trades, you have to deal and adjust. And yes, I got slammed by. I do our Cubs list. I got slammed. You know, right at the end of the deadline when all those deals were going out the last second. But sure. the, the worst part was actually. Wednesday night, because I do both the Rangers and the Yankees, and when the Joey Gallo trade first went down, originally it was supposed to be six prospects, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. i got to <laughs> move six prospects to my Rangers list, and uh-huh. I'll write up six new guys for the Yankees. But, yeah, and then, and then I do the Dodgers, so I got slammed the next day by the, by the Scherzer-Trey uh, sure. Turner trade. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Um, when you, you look at it, and you mentioned Pete Crow Armstrong, I got it, uh, you know, uh, bat to ball skills and stuff like that. With Madrigal and then maybe moving Horner to short and then maybe a guy like this in, in years to come, do you think eventually some baseball will get back to finding guys that put the bat in the ball instead of just home run guys? Yeah, you know, Fred, it seems like we're trending that way somewhat because I, I will say in the draft, too, this was not a great year for bats. I don't know if the pandemic kind of threw off a lot of hitters, especially on the college side, but it was not a great year for bats in the draft. And basically, anybody 
if there was a team that thought you know a guy was a plus hitter, you know, like a, you know a guy who could hit 280 to 300, you projected him out. You really liked the bat. Those guys went in, in the first 50 picks. You you had, I think off the top of my head, four guys who were at best going to play second base um, and have no other tool better than average than the fact that they can really hit. And they all went in the top 50 picks. So it, it, it seems like. Like you know, you know, and you look at what the Cubs did. You mentioned Mattergrill and Pete Armstrong yeah. and Nico Horner. It does seem like you know teams are, are maybe starting to look like you know that's the the market inefficiency right now that that they should be exploiting. Um, Ed Howard, a guy they drafted a while ago, is he a guy that could be in the in their future in a year or two? I think he's probably a little bit further away than that. I mean, okay. again, you know, like for all the high school players in last year's draft, it was tough because you didn't get to go out and sure. play in the minor leagues. And, and in Ed's case, he's in a little bit. He was put in a little bit of a difficult situation because the Cubs have so many teenage middle infielders. You know, they got some in the Darvish trade. They've been signing them internationally, and so basically to spread them out so they could get playing time. And, and we have one fewer minor league team this year for the Cubs too. Somebody had to go to low A at the beginning of the season, and that was Ed Howard, who went to low A with no pro experience, just barely 19 years old. And he's, you know, his numbers aren't great, but I think you kind of have to give him a mulligan just because they kind of, you know, had to force feed him a little bit. But he's probably, again, you know, 2023, 2024, you know, is what you're looking at on him. Okay, they uh, the Cubs would like it nothing more than to pull one over on the Yankees. Um, uh, they get two guys, right-handed pitcher Alexander Vizcaino, who was number nine in the Yankees organization, and also outfielder Kevin Alcantara or Alcantara, uh, number twelve. Are either of these guys guys you can see making it in the on the north side? I do, and I do our Yankees system. So that, those were two more guys I had to replace. My, my Yankees list got ravaged this week. <laughs> okay. but, uh, I will say, in a quick aside, that the White Sox system has gotten quite thin. And when I heard the Kimball yep. trade went down, I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm, I'm running out of guys put on the White Sox list. And I, 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 I thanked Rick Hahn, not in person, but profusely <laughs> when it was two big leaguers in that trade. That, was, that, that made my day. But, sure. Um, but, yeah, the two Yankees guys I got are both interesting. Vizcaino had a little bit of shoulder issues earlier this year, but he's back. And he's got, like, a crazy, I don't know if you call it a splitter or a changeup or a split changeup, but it's low 90s. It's devastating. He's 94, 98, up to 100 um, as, as a starter. You know, his breaking ball's just okay. You know, maybe he's a reliever in the long run, but, I mean, he threw a ton of strikes when he was last. You know, we saw a lot of him in 2019. So so he's interesting. He might move pretty quickly, especially if he did shift to the bullpen. And Alcantara's kind of like those guys that they got in the Darvish trade. I mean, he's... 2018 international guy, one of the youngest guys. Like he, he turned 16 after that signing period began. He's still, even though he signed three years ago, he just turned 19 two weeks ago. Okay, um, and he's got. You know, all kinds of tools. You know, the, the physical comparison is a young Dexter Fowler because he's long and lean, and he's got bat speed, and he's 6'6 with a lot of leverage, and he hits the ball hard, so it could be power, yeah. plus run, solid arm. You could play him all over the outfield, high, you know, baseball IQ, but he's, you know, he's just barely played. He's played, I think, 50 games total all in rookie ball to this point. You know, again, the pandemic had part of that, but he's he's a huge upside guy. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say either of those guys. I mean, prospects are never, you know, really right. can't miss guys. I mean, I guess maybe a guy like Chris Bryant was a can't miss guy. Sure. But, but you know, these guys have high upside, so I, I think they did well. I mean, you know, it hurts to see these guys leave. You know, if you grew up, you know, you're a Cubs fan and you, you saw what these guys did, but, you know, Rizzo's a free agent, Baez is a free agent, Bryant's a free agent, Kimbrell, 
you know, while he was under control for another year, is, is probably a luxury you don't really need if you're retooling the club. Um, and I think overall, they, I mean, you know, these guys aren't necessarily going to make the most immediate impact, but I, but I think Jed Hoyer did pretty good considering you were trading guys who everybody knew, you know, outside of Kimbrell were, yeah. were pretty much two-month rentals. Yeah. And yeah. Jim, and what you were saying is we obviously don't know how these uh, guys are going to turn out. Right now, at this point, a lot of them are very, very young. But if you were to consider the Bryant trade, the Javi trade, and the Rizzo trade, which one did uh, Hoyer do the best on from your point of view at this point? I'm going to say the Rizzo trade because I actually think Rizzo had less value, if that makes sense. I mean, his numbers haven't been great the last two years. He's a first baseman, and they got two pretty high upside prospects. But I, I honestly, I, I think he did well in all three. Because, like, to get Pete Crow Armstrong, you know, first-round pick in last year's draft, it, it was really good. And, and I think, you know, Chris Bryant, I mean, that one maybe hurt the most because, you know, I mean, Chris was MVP Rookie of the Year and, and everything else. But the other guy they got in that trade besides Killian, Alexander Canario, you know, he's got, you know, big right-handed power, you know, projects as a right fielder. Those guys weren't necessarily known because they weren't hyped like the Yankees prospect or they weren't first-round picks. But both those guys are solid prospects, too. So I think I think he did an overall a pretty good job. Oh, one last question, Jim. We appreciate it. Jim Callis, a senior writer from MLB uh, Pipeline. I'm looking here, and when I'm watching games, guys are going to bullpen, and we see people coming in. They're throwing cutters. They're throwing sliders. They're at 98, 99. You mentioned stuff. It, it is... Uh, are all scouts looking for guys that just have the fastball, the cutter, and things like that? Because it doesn't seem like you're, you're finding a lot of curveball guys. Do you have to be a guy that brings it like plus 95, 96 in order to make the bigs nowadays? I mean, not not in every case. Because, yeah. I mean, you can look at a guy like Kyle Hendricks, but, I mean, right. that, that's what gets you noticed. And, I mean, now, I mean, you have all this data. It, it's not even just sheer velocity. It's like, okay, what's the induced vertical break? And <laughs> what's the spin rate? You know, what's the carry on the ball up in the strike zone? And, and those types of things are, you know, you see guys, you know, who – you know, have a good breaking ball, but maybe the spin's inefficient, and then people think they can make it better. But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, Fred. I mean, I mean, you, you, we keep seeing guys get hurt, but I mean, it, it seems like I mean, this is no revelation, but it, it's it's now come in and throw. I mean, when I was a kid, it was like, okay, guys, we're going to pitch nine innings. I don't want right. to sound like old man Callis, get off my lawn. <laughs> but today, it's like come in, throw as hard as you can for as long as you can, and then we'll just bring in the next guy to do the same thing. And if you break. Okay, then we'll just you know here's another guy throwing 95, and we'll put him in your slot. It's it's it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, it really is. That's why I thought they would do that a couple of years ago and not pay relievers big money, but they still need the guy to get those final three outs. Everybody needs that guy, and I guess they're they're still uh, you know highly it's still needed. relevant. Yeah, still relevant. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Jim, appreciate it as always. Thanks, Jim. Keep keep an eye on your stuff on MLB Pipeline and MLB.com. Thanks a lot. Yeah, great talking to you guys. Take care. <laughs> bye. Jim Callis. Uh, I think ESPN he's giving 1, uh, Cub fan hope. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to cough again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So okay. um, we come back. Jump on in. 312-332-3776. Um, still want to talk Bears. Still want to talk Olympics. Or if you want to talk more about these Cub uh, guys that they picked up. Or we will hear Tyler did something. And Cub fans not going to like it. Okay. We come back well, after this. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Now Jock Peterson will try to chase him home. He unloads. That's headed for the Braves' bullpen. 
Rizzo. Boy, what a way to break in for John. That's why they got him. Rizzo was the linchpin of the 2016 Cubs, the team that broke the curse, finally brought a World Series to Wrigley Field. He was as important a player as any of them, beloved in Chicago, will never, ever have to buy a meal there. And now he drills one deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. His first Yankee home run, and it gives the Yankees a 1-0 lead. Alonzo at first and two out, and Baez gets one in the air yep. to left field. Winker going back, looking up, and it's out of here. Javi Baez with a two-run homer. A towering shot. His first home run is a New York bank. Coming in his first game for the Mets. Deep to right field. If it's fair, it's gone. It is gone. Another Rizzo blast. His second home run is a Yankee. This one, another tape measure job. And the Yankees lead 4-2. to two. Oh, yeah. All the departed Cubs going deep. We're, we're missing one, dude, but that's only because he hasn't played yet. Right? Yeah. Missing two. We're going to have a Marisnik one, too. Oh, oh you think so? We? We're going to get two today. Did Marizic play? He has. Has he played yet? I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't either. I, I wasn't tracking. Haven't been watching the Padres box scores uh, as of yet. I'm actually going to look and see. Maybe you can find out what the odds are of Bryant going deep today are, because you would think they'd be pretty good. Well, especially with what's happened. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, I was right. Um, the White Sox are throwing Jimmy Lambert today. Um, he has pitched two games with the White Sox this year. So if you're in, uh, if you're headed to the ballpark, get ready in the bleachers. Maybe um, Jimmy Lambert has thrown two games. He's pitched five innings, given up eleven hits, seven runs, two homers, three walks, six strikeouts. You you brought up a good point. Why wouldn't Lopez start in that position? Well, and I thought that's why they brought him up, but they figured you know what, let's keep Lopez to be our middle, middle reliever, reliever yeah. and then let's bring Jimmy Lambert up, have him throw the ball, and. Uh, Here's the lineup, and they don't again. They, Tony didn't call me. He didn't call you. No, before he put the lineup up, I don't. I can't understand that. Don't forget White Sox pregame, twelve thirty. The uh, first pitch, uh, one ten. There will be a lot of Connor McKnight over I've the next this, week. I've seen this lineup. I'm nah. going to have some fixes. A lot of Connor McKnight the next uh, week because Len Casper is doing TV because Jason Benetti's going to the Olympics. Well, he's going to the East Coast to call the Olympics. Yeah. He's not going to Tokyo. No, he's not. There's no nothing in the budget for that. Which is, which is interesting because some of the announcers are in Tokyo. I mean, no, uh, Arlo White, who does the Chicago Fire Games and does Premier League soccer, he's in Tokyo doing the women's, uh, the USA women's games and yeah, stuff Yeah, none like of that. it makes so, sense. So, okay, here's the lineup for your Chicago White Sox um, on your home for White Sox baseball, the ESPN 1000. Tim Anderson is short. Um, Cesar Hernandez is at second. Abreu is DHing today, hitting third. Gavin Sheets is at first base. Yohan Moncada, who I would have given the day off. Because they're off tomorrow. Both. Two days off he would have had. But no Moncada is hitting third base. Hopefully he doesn't realize. He realizes it's not a day off and he hustles or plays hard. Um, Adam Engels in center field. Goodwin is in right. Garcia's in left. So Andrew Vaughn gets the day off. And uh, Sebi de Zavala after his three homer night. Well, yes, play yeah. him again. Yeah, he will be uh, behind the plate catching Jimmy Lambert. So uh, it's a 110 start for the White Sox and the Indians. Sox trying to. Uh, Take the rubber match of the uh, three games. Here's series. my fix for that line. Okay. Okay. You got to get Vaughn at first base, Sheets in right. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, 
Leury in uh, at third for Mancata. Well, that leaves me a left fielder. Well, you can just play Vaughn in left. Yeah, that's true. Vaughn in left, Garcia at third, and um, you can leave it the way it is. Sheets at first, Abreu D. I don't like Goodwin out there. I need him uh, off the field today. No, I got you. I got you. That's my issue. Okay, you put and, Garcia and in right. Too. Put Garcia in right, okay. Vaughn in left. So actually, just adding Andrew Vaughn, you could just move the other guys around, yep. move the deck chairs around, take Garcia from left, put him in right, uh, Goodwin to the bench. Uh, yeah, there's two guys. So you, you bring Vaughn in, and you'd have to have one more guy. Billy Hamilton with an oblique on the 10-day injured list, and uh, so Jimmy Lambert. Bring is Berger your back today. up for third. Yeah, that's not going to happen for no. at least a little while. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. The White Sox need to get a victory. I know they're up by eight games on uh, on the Indians. Want to make it nine as the Tribe leaves town today? That would be nice. Um, We've got those odds for Bryant and okay. Marisnik. Okay. Any guesses? Um, Bryant home run. I'm going plus three fifty. Okay. You got a guess, Xander? Plus two fifty. He is plus 500, but those, really? those are the shortest odds on the board. Are they really? Also, in, in that game. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's pitching for? Uh, I did not see. You want to guess Marisnik's real quick? Um, Marisnik's was like plus 950. You're going to laugh when you hear it. Okay. <laughs> plus 1,200. Plus 500. Come on. <laughs> Vegas is on to something. Yeah, I, he's not a home run guy. He's not. So I'm looking right now at the board. Trevor Story's got shorter odds. So does Ryan McMahon and Machado. God. So he's like fourth on the board. Oh, and uh, CJ Crone, too, are, are, is plus 425. But he's like fifth on the board in this game. Okay, so is that a, which, which service is that? These are DraftKings. Okay. Because I'm going to look up Bet Rivers real quick because Bet Rivers is one I have, and um, so I, I'll look and find out exactly what he is there and uh, some of these guys because I want to see what Chris Bryant is because I would love to, the way everybody else has done this I would love to see how um, you know how how it all works out um, I would probably should have made a, a wager on uh, on Baez going deep Luis Garcia pitching for Houston today. Okay, he's good. He's actually Solid, really yeah. good. Yeah, he's really good. Let's see what. So here's here's Chris Bryant for home runs today, and this is just uh, not home runs in the team winning. Um, plus six hundred. All right. So if you're line shopping, Ben yeah. Rivers is a spot today. Yeah. So and they also have him. Uh, let's see here. Um, over half a hit minus one seventy five. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but you you would think he, you know if you're Rizzo or Baez, you you call him up and say, hey. By the way, did you see where Rizzo's batting in the the order today? I'm going first. Yep, leading off. He's leading off. So you could do maybe a little same game parlay here: Rizzo, Bryant, Marisnik, yeah. all home runs today. He's he's been. Uh, <laughs> that'd be nice. Some yeah some some of the services don't let you do. Parlay, right? Like I think that. Fanduel's the one that lets you do Fanduel the same. Fanduel lets game you do, parlay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But if you're if you're KB, is you're sitting around not not playing for the last two days, and all of a sudden you see uh, all your teammates hitting homers, so it's like it's that on him might now. inspire you. Yeah, on him. Let's see what he can do. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Bears football camp is uh, going on up at Hallis Hall. They're selling. They're getting like a thousand tickets for each. Uh, training session. 
Um, no practice today. They're back in pads on Tuesday. So have you been up to Bears camp? And if you have, have you been impressed? What excites you about this upcoming season other than Justin Fields? What excites you other than Justin Fields? Yeah, that's because, an easy that's yeah, an easy one. Everybody's excited about Justin Fields. So what excites you about that? And um they've got a much better receiving core. We'll talk about that, or at least they're faster. We've been looking for speed for a long time. They've got some speed. We'll discuss that too. Your calls on Bears football. We come back. 312-332-3776 right here on ESPN one thousand. So this hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. College football returns to Wrigley Field this fall for the first time since 2010. Join Northwestern Football as they take on Purdue in the Wildcats Classic on November 20th. Tickets on sale now at nusports.com. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We're talking some bears. You want to jump in? 312-332-3776. Also, believe it or not, I want to talk a little Olympics. Just a little. Yeah, that's all I know. I don't. I can't talk a lot of Olympics. You've watched more than I have, and I know. I know why. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're being forced to. Well, you know, if I want to spend time with my girlfriend, yeah, she's watching the Olympics, so <laughs> this, I go to her house. The Olympics are on. This is my yeah. point. So we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to Bears talk. Uh, have you gone to camp? How was it? What excites you about the 2021 Bears? We'll get into all that and more. Uh, Tyler, you know who a guy named uh, Michael Cerami is? Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, he's a big Cubs Twitter guy. He was on one of the blogs, I think, right? Hey, uh, I got the thing Bleacher Nation. He um, he actually broke the – he had the – was it Baez or oh, Brian uh, trade? Because everybody credited him. Yeah. Yeah, the um, other day. I, thought, I think it was the Kimbrell trade. It was, it was the Kimbrell, Kimbrell trade? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Kimbrell going to the White Sox? Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking here, and I see that he just wrote something that from today – Blackhawks may have tipped their hand on Twitter this morning, but we couldn't uh, get too far ahead of ourselves until a report was actually out there. Now it is. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to play this season. So the Blackhawks have their goaltender. Um, yeah, that we had serious worries that he was yeah. He was going to say, nah, you know what, I'm going to retire. Yeah, so apparently he uh, has told the Hawks he is going to play this year. So that's, again, that's according to it, Bleacher Nation. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's a one-year deal. Yeah, he's a Vesna Trophy winner. Yeah, and the guy that the guy that put it out is from Hockey Insider, president of hockey content uh, for um, DailyFaceoff.com. and um, yeah, so, so he's formerly with, he's locked in, formerly with TSN and everything else. So he's a uh, a guy in the know in the NHL. So Mark Andre Fleury is going to play this year, and that's a good thing for Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, got, I, you got a goaltender. So um, deal came. Um, $7 million uh, cap hit for the Blackhawks. And, uh, yeah, so that's good Good news for the Hawks. They're going to have their goal. It was shaky for a while there. Yeah. Um, shaky for the while has been the Bears both on the offensive line, the you quarterback think? position, um, what's going on with um, Akeem Hicks as he's been out, hasn't played a lot. Eddie Goldman is back. Everybody's excited. Eddie Goldman is, is back. He's in great shape, they all said. He talked about not playing and um, and sitting out and how he was doing the best thing for him and everybody else. But that actually moves Bilal Nichols over a little bit back to defensive end. 
Um, he had a good year last year, five sacks, 13 quarterback hits, first interception. And, um, you know, the more guys you can get in that defensive line, they're going to be able to rotate. I'm telling you, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about the de- defense this year. And and they also say that their new defensive coordinator is a guy that comes from the uh, Vic Fangio school. So um, and we like that school. Yeah. So, so we'll see how the defense is. I'm looking here in the paper today. Mark Potash with a bunch of stuff from uh, Bears training camp says the Bears have three wide receivers with sub four four forties. Uh, so sub four four. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, 4.23. Demir Bird, 4.28. Darnell Mooney, 4.38. The only question is, can they catch the football? We know Darnell Mooney can. Marquise Goodwin, you can get him the ball and he can run with it afterwards. And Demir Bird, we'll see what he does. Um, but as a Bears fan, you got are you excited about the speed they have a receiver? Because for the longest time, they didn't have that kind of thing. They didn't have speed. You would see all these other teams that it's like, you know, they come in, it's like, how do you have all these fast guys? Well, now the Bears have fast guys. Can they get the ball to them? And they can, can they Andy catch Dalton it? get the ball to them? Yeah. And can they, I, I love Darnell Mooney. I thought what Darnell Mooney did last year was so, so good, so exciting. Yep. Yeah. And you can't wait now with Allen Robinson there, too. Um, so you got Robinson, you have Mooney. And then when you go deep with uh, wide receivers, you bring other guys. Now, Tariq Cohen's on the physically unable to perform list, so he's still not practicing. Um, you have Jimmy Graham. You also have, um, Komet. you know, Cole Komet as your tight ends. And they also went out and got, they, they signed Jake Butt, who is with Denver. He just announced his retirement. I think it was earlier this week. And then they also brought in, um, oh, the other, the guy that played for Pittsburgh, uh, Jesse James. And how do I forget the name Jesse James? I mean, I'm not so, sure. Yeah, so he's a tight end. And he's a guy that can catch the ball. He can do the job. He can block it and catch the ball. He's done it He's done it with the Steelers in years past. So I think they're pretty well set at tight end. So if you're a Again. Bears fan, yeah, if you're a Bears fan, are you excited about what, what uh, the Bears have coming forward? What excites you about the Bears team other than the possibility of Justin Fields playing? Okay, because... Unless something bad happens, the Bears have explained to you that it's going to be Andy Dalton as a quarterback. And what we've seen is Dalton's yeah. look pretty sharp. Yeah. And Fields look like he's developing. Yeah, well, he did throw the first interception of camp. Deion Bush uh, picked one off from Andy Dalton the other day. Oh, he did. From Andy yeah. Dalton, okay. yeah. So the first interception of camp. Um, but have you gone up to camp? Because when it was down in Bourbon A, I loved it. I would head on down to Bourbon A, walk around, um, you know, just on my own. At times, I would do it. I know my buddies, um, my buddy uh, Jerry Klein and his son, who are their Packer fans, but they would go down to the camp because it's a football camp. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to go on down there and watch the other team practice and stuff like that, and there, that's a good thing. Have you gone to the Bears training camp up in Lake Forest? 312-332-3776, and if so, how was it? I know that the guys, if you're going out up there, you, you drive up and you take a shuttle bus over to the camp a lot of people are getting on the shuttle at the Buttermilk Cafe. And I know last week, Cap and Jay Hood were there. Yep. And I know that Jeff Meller and uh, Carmen DeFalco were up there mm-hmm. doing their shows. I know later this week they're going to be up there again this week. So make sure you check the schedule and see if the guys are going to be there. Stop on in, say hi to uh, Cap and Jay Hood and also Carmen and Yurko and stuff like that. But have you gone to camp yet? Are you interested in going to camp and watching the Bears practice? Or are you just waiting for the regular season? Because the preseason starts in, boy, two weeks? Two. 
two, I think the yep. first game's coming up in a couple of weeks. So are you excited about the preseason? Are you excited about seeing preseason football in the Bears? Because coming, coming in, the national shows, we're already talking about the NFC Central, the NFC East. They're already, already breaking down what's going to happen. I have a hard time talking about what's going to happen until they get to the regular season. Okay, it's hard to decipher what's going to happen until you see the teams on the field. Yes, yeah. yes, and it, look, they have to fill time with something. Yeah, that's all, that's the only explanation I can give it. Well, we talk baseball. We talk a lot of baseball with Sox and Cubs, but let's talk some Bears because Bears. A lot of times, people will tell you if it wasn't for football, there would have been no sports radio. Because without football, you're not talking. You could talk football pretty much any time of the year because of all the trades and the deals and the free agency and the draft and everything else. So we come back. Let's talk some football. Bears football. Are you have you gone to camp? Are you excited about it? What excites you about this 2021 Bears team? 312-332-3776. Fred and Xander back in two minutes on ESPN 1000.